This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. Every Wednesday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. Sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chills with TFC. What type of ETFs? We can slowly lean into that. Yeah, my ETFs are effectively mimicking the index. Right, that's the the yeah. S and P five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's lots of there's Chinese indexes, there's other indexes. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. there are fun uh, houses that create index to create ETF. You know, you know they do that, right? They do that all the time. It took me a while to understand right? what you just yeah, said, but yeah. yes, they do. In order yes, to create yes, yes, an index yes. funds, the fund will go and create an index and then create a fund to mimic that index. Right. Use the right words. Yes. Okay. Welcome to Chills with TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Yorchi Financial Coconut, and today we continue our Back to Basics series focused on investing with ETFs. Yes, interesting enough, I have come to realize that this term ETF has been very convoluted, you know, <laughs> over these years. Oh my goodness. But to put it in simple terms, ETFs, aka exchange-traded funds, are funds that are readily bought and sold through marketplaces or apps like your investment app or your broker apps, okay? But the key thing is here, within all these funds, it is a world of difference. So ETF A and ETF B can be totally different and should not be seen as the same. So in today's episode, we go through a wide spectrum from index funds to derivative funds to show the vast options that you have out there, right? So that you get a better understanding of what it's all these ETFs trying to do, okay? They, and they're trying to do very different things. So I'm glad to be joined by the Market Updates crew, Anthony and Rakesh, and also Aaron from the Weeblings. This is Chill Swift TFC. Okay, before we roll today, uh, as with every other episode that Anthony is on, it's always yes. like, yeah, yeah, he's the Thai senior of the team, right? As with every episode that Anthony is on, we are going to do a giveaway. That's a new standard, huh? Okay, so today, well, once again, our giveaway is sponsored by Audio Technica, right? So shout out to Audio Technica, which you see all our new sets, right? It's all from them, great. And of course, uh, our friends at City Music. But today's giveaway is uh, the ATR2100X USB mic, which is actually what you all use at home, right? Yeah. Like all, all our remote uh, recordings are done with this. Um, so if you're an aspiring podcaster, don't. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if somehow you don't have a proper mic, uh, I think it is time to get a proper mic because like these days there's recording everywhere. You know, I always find it very amusing when I need to record with someone remote and then they tell me, uh, Apple mic, that one cannot. It's like cannot. It's not good enough, okay? If you would like to win the Audio Technica ATR 2100 USB, very simple, okay? Listen to today's episode and share on your socials and then write something that will inspire us, right? What is your best ETF tip? Because today that is the topic, okay? If we like your sharing, we like your stuff, and then we will choose you as a winner. And for more details, uh, check out the Financial Coconut Instagram page, okay? Okay, so today we are back in the studio with the gang, right? Clearly all guys, right? Investment must be all guys. Right? Say, <laughs> Bring Sarah back off. <laughs> no, no, Sarah was recording. No, no, no. We're not doing a sub now. We're not trying to prove our alternative point, okay? We're not diversity for diversity, right? We're trying to bring good voices. But it's really very hard. Don't you, wait, do you think investing is a guy topic? 
I mean, what else do guys talk about? Besides soccer, money, sports. Well, what's your definition of a guy topic? What, what guys talk about, lah, generally. Okay. Yeah. yeah, investing is... Uh, do you have any uh, ladies' friends that you like hardcore talk to about investing? Nope, I just keep telling Sarah. She's just forced <laughs> to listen to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's so done. That's why she's not in this episode today, right? She She's done. She was recording the other one. She's like, okay, I'm going to take a break. Aaron, you're on your own. Right? So yeah, but but that aside, right? Like investing is something that I think a lot of people aim to do, especially uh, on our platform, on our channel. So today we want to continue this investment series. I think the previous one was quite good. Right, like how to pick your own stocks, everything, all that jazz. Right, so we did I the two episodes. To it despite my own voice. So. Serious? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's very scary to listen to yeah, your own yeah, voice. Right? I was like, eh? I said mm. that. Uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, eh? Hey, quite smart, ah. Uh. Right, right. Give yourself a pat. Why, why did I say that? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. So yeah, then. With the whole like stock picking, you know, part one, part two, I think we're going to spend a little bit of bandwidth to talk a little bit about ETFs, right? Because I don't think everybody wants to pick stocks. And I do think the ideology is different. Like the methodology about about uh, picking stocks and ETFs are quite different. Maybe we can start with that, right? Is there any difference in ideology when you think of like, do you want to pick stocks or do you want to use ETFs? Okay, I guess I go first, right? So, um... Because you're I, the Thai senior, right? No, right? I, I think because <laughs> I'm just sitting closest Say, to you and you look at me. Okay, great, great. I love how the, the eyes settle yeah. it all, yes. Even though I don't see you, I can sense your yes, presence. Yes, that's why I can feel <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, Thank you. Um, I, I think, it, look, at the end of the day, it, it's what you want. And that, I think that's why this episode is useful because people think ETF, people think, you know, diversified, people think safe and all that. But that is not necessarily the case. And... We talk about active stock picking, and then you can actually actively choose ETFs. You can choose sector ETFs, you can choose geographic ETFs, whether you want to buy S&P 500 only as an ETF. That's also a choice. So I think hidden in a lot of these things are actually choices that people make when they are investing. And that is something that well, hopefully we can bring more awareness. Yeah, and in uh, for clarity's sake, you are also one of those people that as a champo, right? You have like some stocks. I and so- everything. <laughs> Too much money, don't know where to deploy. Check out yeah, spray and pray yeah, mechanism. Spray and spray. <laughs> check out, check out the earlier episode, you will know he said something. I got too much money, need to, too much cash, need to deploy. Okay? No, but, but, so for clarity's sake, you are not averse, you're not like one side to like, okay, only pick stocks, only do ETFs. Yeah, no, no. You're just kind of pick based for, on what you think. For my personal tolerance, I do have quite a lot of ETFs. I'm not, not, I'm not 100% ETFs, but I do have quite a lot of ETFs. But I think, and this goes back to our earlier conversations, whether it's about what you want and what you can done, right? Or, or what you need. And then you suit, and then you choose the asset and you choose the allocation that fits what you need. But yeah, I have ETFs, I have lots of them. And actually, if a beginner came up to me and said, what should I buy? First thing I go, ETF. Easy. And then what we mean by ETFs, then you listen on. Okay, can then you listen on? So what do you mean by ETFs? <laughs> what are ETFs? So what, what are ETFs? ETF is, just think of it as like a basket of stocks that you can purchase once. So if, like, uh, if you like strawberries, you like, you like coconut, you like a whole bunch of fruits, instead of buying one strawberry, one coconut, one banana, you can just buy like a ba- whole basket of them. So that's just, that's just like how it works. And the best part is that you can also buy and sell it like any other stock. I think that really just sums it up in the most layman way. Okay, okay, fair. So do both of you have ETFs in your portfolio? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. What type of ETFs? We can slowly lean into that. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. What type of ETFs? You don't need to divulge anything if you're not comfortable. Yeah, no, no, no. So, yeah, yeah, my ETFs are effectively mimicking the index. 
right? That's the the yeah. S and P five hundred. <laughs> so, I mean, there's lots of there's Chinese indexes, there's other indexes. <laughs> yes, right? yes, 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 yes. Yeah, uh, fun houses that create index to create ETF. You know, you know they do that, right? They do that all the time. It took me a while to understand what you just yeah, said, but yeah. yes, they do. In order yes, to yes, create yes, the index yes. funds, the fund will go and create an index and then create a fund to mimic that index. Right? Trash. Use the right words. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but let's be clear, that is very common, right? People do that. All these fund houses do that all the time. Absolutely. Okay. In fact, a question that maybe for our listeners, we will also probably want to find out what's the difference between an index and an ETF because that's a common question that I get actually. Serious? Yeah, because like people will be like, okay, but I have this ETF, but is that the index? I want to buy the index. Why am I buying an ETF? Like I get some questions that way, right? And it's, you can understand why it's a little bit confusing. So maybe Reggie, you want to tell us? Okay, simple question I think, right? Simple <laughs> question. <laughs> simple question I think. Chim chim I give them, right? So very simple. Uh, usually the, the confusion comes when you're talking about like index ETFs, right? Essentially, it's an ETF, which is a fund, okay? That is used to track an index, okay? So, so this comes when the, the conflation comes in uh, because you can never buy an index. An index is just a measurement, Right, it's like a term, like a barometer of something. Let's say the S and P five hundred index is essentially the summation of the quote unquote best five hundred companies by the S and P guys, right? Standards and Poor's, which is uh, what do you call them? Rating agency, yeah, rating agency. You know, they rate that these five hundred companies are the best. You know, and then they put them together in an index, and it is just a rating. It is just a index. It is just a like a measurement, right? You can't buy this measurement, right? But there are many other funds in order to sell you, you know, the performance of these measurements or these index, they will create a fund that you can buy. And just so happens, some of these funds are traded on the exchange. That's why it's called ETF, exchange traded funds. So you cannot buy index, but there are certain ETFs that are index funds. They are tracking the index. Okay. And uh, am I making it clear? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's why you pay me for that. Okay. Yeah, stop that's asking me for right? a discount. Okay. Sorry, recently a lot of sales stock. Huh? So yeah, sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So based on that, right? What are the other ETFs? Okay, since we have, since on that note, we essentially established that index funds or index ETFs are only one type of, of uh, ETFs, right? So what are the other types of ETFs out there? One of it is like sector ETFs. And that's something that I play with a little as well. It's so like doing your up. A little or a lot? <laughs> I feel like you do a lot. I feel like Aaron is like dabbling in this bit, uh, like <laughs> thematics for like every other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I think one of the easiest themes to follow uh, is actually energy because um, of the recent, no, especially ongoing for a while, a lot of problems going on in the world. So that allows us to actually play with a lot of, en of energy stocks quite well um, because we know that energy is something that everybody needs. So we just pay attention to the market and you can actually dive straight into energy stocks. Example would be XLE. So that's just an ETF that you can get into to look into the energy sector. I think like right now, oil prices are also starting to hike up. We know it's winter season. Um, so, you know, some of the energy stocks would probably be outperforming in the near future. Maybe not financial advice. Never. <laughs> financial, never. Advice. It's not, not, it's not strong enough. Never. Okay, it is purely yeah. for entertainment purposes only. Thank you. Education, <laughs> education, 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 education,
Expanding so so I sort of just flip between that as well. And another sector that I like to look at is finance sector and healthcare sector. So that's your XLF and XLV for healthcare, not XLH. Okay, yeah. okay. So XL is a series, right? Some C- which fun house is the XL series? No, there's all fun, all usually fun houses, they yeah, will yeah. create funds with like the first few letters is the same one. It's come yes. from them, right? I cannot remember, and it's okay. I'm not gonna say it anyway, not sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Man. Anthony agree, energy play now. Asking interesting question, be entertaining as three okay, okay. yeah, okay. So I mean on, on the flip side, right? I think you know a lot of the attraction of a sectoral ETF is you get exposure to the entire sector. La. So you buy XLU, you get exposure to energy. You buy 10, you guess what, what it's exposure to? TAN. TAN? I don't know. Solar. Solar. Of course, you, you, you get something like that. It is hilarious. I love that name, right? Um, but you know, no I, I think... No sense of humor. The, <laughs> hey, don't like that. I don't spend money. Uh, <laughs> what is... Okay. <laughs> I don't want to continue that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, no, there was I a mean, period of time there was an ETF called WEED. Really? Yeah. Which oh, is essentially really? tracking marijuana. Yeah. Right. Yeah. WEED. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, but, but going back to sectoral ETFs, I think the, the problem I kind of see with sectoral ETFs is that one, you, you can't really pick outperformers. So even with the energy, for example, are you upstream, midstream, downstream? Are you a super major? Are you, you know, PTT, which is now listed in Singapore and you can buy? And they all have very they all have different business models. They, are, they all have different margin profiles. So it's when you buy that sectoral ETF, you are partially saying that, well, somebody else has said these are the best 30, 50 in this sector. Therefore, I'm buying them. You are outsourcing your judgment. And essentially, you know, if you think that you have different judgment and you take a good with a bad, right? So within that, you know, upstream, mission, downstream, they all have very different margin profiles. So, you know, do you really want to the be... very different business model. It's not yeah, even just exactly. margin profiles. They're all different. So, fundamentally. so do, do you yeah. really just... I mean, I want upstream because exploration high risk or I want midstream because, you know, it's kind of commoditized and it's stable cash flow. They are very different companies. Right? So, you know, by all, buying all of this, you are, yes, diversifying and decreasing your risk, but you are also kind of foregoing, you know, the risk that you want to take. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like energy can be a season. Like... <laughs> Like can be a discussion for a whole season, right? Just this midstream, upstream, downstream thing. I think a lot of listeners will be like, huh? What the hell's going on? What stream? Right? I only know streaming, right? But I think <laughs> at the same time, it's showing how complex an ETF can even get. Yes. Right. Yes, and I think yes. that's the point we want to drive home is the fact that people will say, right? Don't ever invest before where you go and buy, buy ETF. But actually, what ETF is a big question. It's, it's getting very conflated now because every fun house has an ETF now. Right, so they go around all these like events, and they tell you, "Oh, our ETF, ETF." So everybody is boring the ETF. Fully diversified, yeah, this yeah, lah, yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Everything is fully <laughs> diversified, but they fully <laughs> diversified within the sector. Right, so they, how you diversified the are you? Southeast Asian Growth ETF. What is that? Oh, you remember your newsletter? Yeah, so, oh. oh, we grow. <laughs> Caught in the act, right here. Caught. Subscribe to our newsletter. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> Reggie needs to put up a YouTube video of sharing screen so that he subscribes to his newsletter. Okay, I will subscribe to our newsletter and get a ping, okay? Yeah, but I, I think that, that is kind of... So, so I mean, the, the only reason why we wrote about the newsletter was that it says Southeast Asian high-growth high high ETF, right? So I think, great. You know, I, I'm investing in growth companies. I'm investing in all that. But they are investing in Indian companies um, that are really doing like 
manufacturing and really, you know, and that's sort of like Indian Vietnamese companies investing in manufacturing. There you go. Hey, but the name doesn't really match. Hey, you know, it's, it's quite different. I expected a very different company profile from when, from between I saw the name to I saw the top 10 holdings, right? So I think if anybody wants to do diligence on an ETF, especially sectorial ETFs, you know, you need to be quite clear. Yes, there's a name that suggests what they want to do. And then there is that other bit of, you know, oh, what do they actually hold? And, and what is their positioning so that you can better understand that you are buying what you think you're buying. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these names are marketing. Right, so they will use all these things to make it sound very sexy, you know, and and and, yeah, the composite within. I would expect Shopee to be our biggest holdings, or at least one of the bigger holdings. I don't think so. You right? know? It was yeah, just, like, well, I was still like Vinfast to be one of their biggest. Okay, holdings. okay, yeah, 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 yeah but but. but Ah, never mind, never mind. Never sponsor. Not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But but then, so on that front, okay, essentially we established a few things. So at first we established that ETFs is not just uh, index funds, right? Index funds form a, a big part and an important part of ETFs, you know, but there are many other ETFs out there like thematics, right? And uh, in the realm of thematics alone, there are all these other patterns, Right, they are the HO thematics, healthcare, energy, you know. AI. Uh, uh, AI, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what get rotated inside, la, but, but you know, there are all these HO thematics that are always there. And then there are like new era thematics that half the time I feel like they're just trying to scoop your money. Right. <laughs> so then, then, you know, I, I, you look at it, it's like, what is this? Right. And the quirkier the thematics, the more expensive it is. Usually, uh, we can share what is considered a cheap. Uh, like an affordable ETF from a management fee standpoint and what is considered expensive. Yeah, I don't actually know how much. Yeah. The... So from an index fund, from yeah. an index funds perspective is 0.03%, right? Yeah. So just to say, uh, okay, for clarity's sake, index funds, I know a lot of time when you use whatever app, whatever thing, they will tell you they charge 0.5%. Uh, in actuality, if you are just broadly diversified with them, if you buy the funds directly on your own, the management fee is only 0.03%, right? So that is uh, more than 10% and more than 10 times markup, okay? Okay, yeah, it's a lot. It's crazy and you think it's very small, you go and compound, you see for yourself the numbers, right? So so that is that, okay? Um, and in on average, thematics will go somewhere from uh, 0.6 to 0.9, okay? On, on uh, About there, right? So... And I'm not saying that that is the benchmark to go. Huh? Okay, I'm just saying that that is what everyone is charging, right? Which is why a lot of the more obscure funds, you know, you'll be surprised even some of the not so obscure instruments like the REITs, they also have their ETFs, right? 0.6%. Yeah, it's actually quite expensive. It's very the expensive. Re, the, re, the REIT funds the, are quite expensive. Yeah, it's very expensive. Yeah, I was doing a comparison. I was like, why are you so expensive? This is such a simple tool. It's like, okay, sorry. Yeah. But Anthony got special rate, right? Mm. With the amount of reads that he has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I wish, I wish. Pulling your leg, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. So, so based on that, right, I think we have lined up a few things, but I, I want to go further into discussing like what are the different strategies playing with ETFs, right? Because I think you're, you're kind of touch a little bit. So for you, even as someone that uh, buys ETFs is also broadly diversified long-term holdings. Yeah. Right? So that is your your strat, right? For you, you actually trade on some of these themes. Yeah. Right? Like what, what is the what is the reason of choice for, for these things? I guess for me, because if you look at, I guess a bit more of macro and fundamentals, then sometimes you can just have a sensing that certain sectors will generally outperform. And if you follow like, 
you know, the very typical business cycle chart as well, then you kind of know how to rotate into, into certain sectors. And um, something that I use is a sector rotation graph. So it just gives me a rough gauge on where we are in the cycle. Um, usually I'm looking at like a weekly cycle. So I'll buy into a particular ETF. Or usually I'm just buying into a sector for like a three month, three months hold. And if I'm not directly buying into the ETF, I will just be buying options. So I'll be, I'll be, sorry, I'll be selling a put option usually so I can get in at a better price. Because for sectors, if I am right, I, I don't really need to make that too much of a gain. So just selling a put option usually puts me in a very favorable position. And if I do get, and if I do get called, then I'll have to purchase the shares at a lower price, which isn't too bad because for most sectors, I can actually hold it for a much longer term, especially for something as cyclical as energy stocks. Um, it does collapse, but it also does uh, rise back up really, really fast. I think the only other one that I would really want to hold for a long term would be like finance because that generally has a much uh, consistent uptrend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so mainly finance, energy. So those two. Clarity on, on the put options. Uh, do ETFs also have put options? Yes. So if you're buying like XLF, XLE, they do have put options. They do have, they do have options. I think all the way to weekly options. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, and not all not all funds have, have that, right? Essentially, mm -hmm. someone must issue. Yeah, not, not, yes, all, yes, not, yes, not, yes. Counters, not all counters have that. So it depends on who issues. Yes. Don't take that as a, hey, oh, why got yeah, no option yeah. on this thing? <laughs> right? You must go and see for yourself. Not all counters have, have that. Okay. Yeah. And, and for you, the strat. Yeah, so I, I think mine is kind of the mix. So I'm also active, but I think I'm active more on You're not the, so active. Yeah. <laughs> so I, active, I'm active, but not so active. I, I'm active more, more on the fundamentals yeah, side yeah. of things. So mm. so it's not so much playing cyclicals. Um, It's more on the sense that, well, you know, I think there are companies that will become the next generation of leaders. I want to get into them now. I want to get into Amazon 10 years ago or not now, right? So So that's precise. And, you know, I think we talked about it in the active investing episode. So that, that's precisely it, you know. You have a basket of ETFs, which are really index fund ETFs, because that is your base, right? That is you. The only risk you are taking there is market risk. You are not taking on any other, you know, other weird risks. Um, whether it's volatility, whether it's business risk, you just go. I want the market risk, and and that's it. And that's a chunk of my portfolio. Then with the other, you know, smaller percentage of your portfolio. You can take riskier plays, like, you know, you can buy HubSpot, you can buy, you can buy HubSpot as a Salesforce. You buy the disruptor, you buy the you think challenger. think HubSpot is going to win Salesforce? I, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Salesforce is in the AI ETF, okay? Mm. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's in the Goldman Sachs AI ETF. Salesforce is Einstein. Because it's big enough to be in the ETF. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right? exactly, the market exactly. cap is big enough yeah. for, for, so, the, for uh, the fund. If the fund comes in with, uh, like, you know, like, like $100 billion, right? Yes. Uh, you can buy a lot of those things. Yeah. So it needs to go somewhere. Money needs to go it somewhere. It needs to go into big companies, yeah, right? You, you, oh yeah, in an open position. And if you and if any fund owns more than 5% of any company, they have to report in their 10K. Right? So then uh, most funds don't really like to tell you what they what they own. Uh. Or at least they, they, they will tell you as a marketing strategy. They don't really like to tell their competitors. So apparently that is a consideration. I, I, I heard, oh, I cannot buy more because once more than 5%, I have to report, right? So yeah, something to, to think about. Yeah, continue. Yeah, but then I think if, if that's the way I want to position my portfolio, then that means that for my ETFs, you know, I cannot buy a sectoral ETF, right? I cannot buy a very narrow ETF because what I want for that part of my portfolio is market risk. And what I want market risk, I buy a market 
Index lah. Yeah, yeah. Market fund lah. So, so I think that that's the general thinking behind Thematic it. is just an add-on. Yeah, it's just a double down like, I because think, I believe this, yeah. this theme is stronger. So yes. my main vein is an index fund and yes. then I will double down on like, okay, I think healthcare is is going on the up. Yeah, like, like I, bought, um, I bought financials when the... <laughs> I actually bought quite a lot of financials when, uh, when, when I was bank run, right? Early this year. I was like, oh, um, financials will never die, but I don't know which bank will die. And I think this is maybe a use of a sectoral ETF. I don't know which exactly which bank will die, but I know financials as a whole will never die. So my choice is I buy JPM, City, you know, the big banks, or I buy a sectoral ETF and I take the good with the bad. Maybe one or two regional banks will call that, but that's fine. As long as the finance can digest. sector as a whole mm. recovers, then my ETF will do well. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. So maybe that's a use of a sectoral ETF for like yeah. special and, and, place. And on that note, I think we also need to establish that it's not always about the newest, trendiest strategy. Those are HO strategies, right? And as long as you're comfortable, you know what's working, you know, you, you understand the thing, it's okay. You can go with it, right? Like the other day, I was, I was talking to someone else, right? Some, uh, investment guy right I mean we always talk to investment guys so <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it but I was talking to him and then he, his strategy was like okay I kind of know you know like he's like don't make big bets all the time but when you make big bets be very clear about it so one thing he's very sure is the shopping malls will never die okay or that's what he believes lah, right shopping malls will never die so when the REIT had a downturn he mortgaged his property Wow, right. he mortgaged his property mortgaged to buy his REITs. Property, wow. Mortgaged his property, went in and buy REITs, right? Then when the REITs prices went back up, he sold the REITs, positioned into some of the government securities because there's a cyclicality to those things, waiting for the market to come back, exit, now he's back in the property market, right? So, you, you know, the, the kind of people is around, right? Wow. Right? So, so it's, and, and these are not, trendiest things like what's the latest new strat you know there's this new product this new vertical these are HO strategies right if you know what you're doing if you if you understand you know the the thing that you you own you know then then it works lah it works for you what? Yeah, you need to have you need to be comfortable you need to have conviction lah yeah, because yeah. The, the, what's fundamental underpinning that is that the market will turn Yes, yes, right? yes. That, that's yes. why you have the confidence to buy, buy, yeah, buy, yeah, buy. Yeah. Because the market will turn. People will still shop. Yes. <laughs> that's the idea, right? You listen to the I earlier have episode. actual building. Yeah, actual building. People will still shop. Singapore will not sink, right? So these are some basic assumptions, right? Right. It better be in the risk factors of anybody that's issuing something on those grounds. Okay, okay, fair. So I And I, I like, we have a whole spread. Different people are using ETFs in a different way, right? So that's cool. How about we venture into the more like um, interesting ETFs? Uh? Your leverage, uh, your inverse, right? All this... Uh... <laughs> TQQQ. Yeah, yeah. You all know, oh right? you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean, right? They are not all ETFs. They are not all ETFs, right? They, 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 I mean, they're all ETFs, but they are really different, right? So maybe we can start, right? Anybody wants to start? Yeah. Actually, apart from just like the leverage ETF, something that has been gaining popularity recently are covered call ETFs. But I think it's quite hard for like Singaporeans to really make use of it because we are taxed 30% on it, on the dividends. The whole idea of covered call ETFs is you get really, really high dividends while they are still trying to track the S&P 500. Usually they, fade, they fall short when prices are moving up very quickly. But during downturns, they can give you, I think recently it's like at a point 12% per annum. So that's really, really good, especially when it's, when it's tracking the S&P 500 relatively well. So, but the problem about, about being Singaporean is that you get taxed 30% on that. So that brings it down to like 8% dividend, which is still pretty good, but like... But do you need the risk palette for 8%? 
I don't really. I don't. No, really, but is this the eight percent <sighs> on top of the market return? This is just the dividends. Oh, okay, okay. It, you just tax thirty percent on the dividends. So capital gains um, or capital loss, like you, it's not touched at all. Okay, so so essentially what they're doing is they're they are giving you the option premium that they're harvesting as kind of like dividends or they're yes. paying it out as dividends. And But you are still tracking the market. So you are kind of getting the market risk as you go along with that. Then, then the downside is, well, if the market suddenly shoots up, if tomorrow the Fed says, haha, interest rate cycle high, done, I'm over, right? I'm going to start cutting. And then market shoots up, you're, you get called. You get called. And you difference are out, is the of difference out of the, the market. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. I think that, and that's kind of the thing that, I mean, I've not dived too deep into um, cover call ETS, but that was kind of the lingering question at the back of my mind, right? So what happens if you get called out of the market? Do you wheel and then they sell puts for you to go back into the market or? I guess it, it differs with different types of ETFs. So actually for covered call ETFs right now, there's like, there's I think like two, two camps. I think one of it is like XYLD where they usually get, get called because they are selling like at the money. But if I'm not wrong, JE, JEPI, JP is JP Morgan's version. If I'm not wrong, I cannot remember exactly. So don't quote me on this, but they do have, um, they sell it a little bit out of the money. So that actually gives uh, lower returns, but usually it doesn't get called. What is the difference? If I'm not wrong, it's close to 5 Five percent. I, I cannot really yeah, remember that, on that, that but that it should be about five five percent. Yeah, but I know that one of it. If I'm not wrong, it's XYLD that sells at the money. Don't quote me on that. We can easily search search it. But XYLD was the one that was that was returning like twelve percent because during the market downturns, they were just like collecting premium nonstop. And when you're selling at the money, twelve percent per yeah, annum is yeah, but, but that's, that's kind good. of the downside to to that, right? Because you are essentially well, one is you are is. You know, sure, if you sell at the money, your premiums are higher, but you are foregoing, you, you are really increasing the chance of getting called and foregoing the chance of being out of the market when it swings up, which is really the time you want to be in the market. Yeah. So right? that's like. So, so I think that is. You know, so you are kind of getting like a quasi fixed income instrument because they are always selling out of the money. Yeah. Mm, okay. For clarity's sake, uh, in the money, out of the money, right? Very simple, okay? Yeah, very simple. That's why I'm here. Very simple, okay? So if today the index or whatever market that this uh, option is playing on is at $500, okay? Trading at $500, in the money is $500, right? That means uh, essentially what options do is, is well, I feel like someone must sponsor me to explain this thing, right? right? <laughs> essentially what options, options does, right, is there's two main components. One is the time value. The other is the difference to the, the, the price that it strikes, right? So the strike price is, uh, let's say, it, when they say they are in the money, that means if the market is trading at fire today, the strike price that this option is underpinning is based on fire dollars today also. Right, so so based on that, essentially it has very little room to maneuver. It better move laterally or go down. If not, it will strike. And if it strike, then you because you sell the calls, you have to buy the index, right? And this whole thing is run by the fund, right? So so the fund will run this whole thing. And um, in general, I think it gets quite complicated from from here, right? But yeah, so out out of the money essentially means it is very. Okay, not very far out because very far out the premiums will be very lame, right? So usually slightly out of the money will be like maybe a 5% differential, right? And that will factor into essentially the 5% difference from uh, between the two option provider, option funds provider, right? Usually that is how it's factored. Okay, fair. 
Fair, huh? fair. Approved, huh? Approved. Okay, okay, okay. So, so that is a different. It's gonna be chim lah. You sponsor me, I will write down a proper script <laughs> to explain. Okay, okay we can talk more. Uh, about we options. can talk more about options another time. Okay, but cool. That is interesting. So, so options is one thing. You know, what about things like inverse, things like leverage? Um. Okay, I I'm not going to answer your question. Okay. I'm going to say another type of ETF. Okay. Uh, it's less popular now. <laughs> just like, just like completely ignoring you right here. Like, hey, what about this? Like, there is okay. no host here. No, okay, so right, so yeah. so two two things, right? Um, I think one is like ARK, ARKK, not within, not in fashion anymore, right? But that's also an ETF, right? So ETFs can also be actively managed. It's not just they can trade in trade out every day. It's not just you know I they buy five hundred companies and they just always that 500 companies in that proportion forever. So I think that that's a kind of misconception about ETFs. Yeah. And, and ARK actually com- manages it very complexly. Right? The, the way they go about managing their active their, No, I mean, if you traits. want to look at randomness as complexity, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> Enough, ah. Enough, ah. Right. Just... Clearly, he doesn't have any shares in ARK. So, I mean, I, I kind of treat ARK as like high beta tech, right? So if you think that high beta tech is going down, you short ARC instead of shorting individual companies. So and then therefore you are shorting the market instead of shorting the market in that sector rather than shorting individual companies. Like. Curious, have you ever shorted ARC before? Yes. And QLD. Um, so, so these are actually my main hedging instruments um, where I think like, okay, maybe, well, not now, but a month or two back, <laughs> the, the market is slightly overbought, right? Then, okay, fine. I think that's going to be a bit of a downturn. I will short QLD. Right? It's easy. You get cash. IBKR pays you for that cash. You get a bit of interest on that cash. So it's okay. La, you know, like, like it protects you from downturns when it hits. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. So that's the actively managed part. Now I can move on with my question, right? So yes, I move on with my question. Right? Anyone wants to take like inverse, you know, uh, leverage. I think those two are also very big things in, yes, in the for, market. For inverse is like, I remember the famous one was what inverse Tesla, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Wait, there's an inverse Tesla yeah, ETF? So, so we, we talked about the market, we had inverse Tesla and covered call Tesla. Yes. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out. And the out. whole ETF is built on Tesla <laughs> yes. alone? Yeah. Then why do I need an ETF? Oh, well, someone is managing it, is it? Yeah, somebody okay, manages okay. your options for you. Somebody rolls okay, it for okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. Like so that. essentially, yeah. they charge a management fee on that. Yeah, okay. And effectively, okay. an inverse oh my goodness. Um, okay. ETF, it, it, well, in this case, the inverse Tesla was mimicking exactly what, oppo- or exactly what Tesla was doing, but the opposite. So he's shorting Tesla all the time, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think one reason why inverse ETFs have come up is because in some, especially in US retirement accounts, you cannot short a company. So you buy a short counter to mimic the exposure of shorting a company. Ah, see when there's a market, someone yes. will come in and so feel there's a way. There is when a there's way. a market when you can charge fees for it, somebody will feel it. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> no, it, and, and that's how a lot of new hype ETFs are created. I call them hype ETFs. Like essentially, there's a hype. The the stock prices have all moved. It can be a whole sector. Usually, it's a whole sector. What was what was Cathy Wood's ETF? What's her name? Oh, it was. Uh, yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So I think he's a, uh, it's a classic hype ETF. Like, and the hype of it all, then uh, some of these big funds or big trusts, right, they'll come and say, hey, we really want to get into that, you know, but our mandate don't allow single stocks. So can you do something? Right, then you go and package, package a fund <laughs> that you sell to me, right? That's usually how, how it's done. <laughs> yeah, but we're not at, and, but my, my biggest qualm with that is always, usually they tend to enter when the market is really is high point, right? Because there must be some sort of a hype, then these funds are created, then sold to you, right? By the time it comes in, 
um, the fund itself has already entered the position at a high point, right? And then now you're taking over at a high point on the management fee some more, yes. right? So like, uh, so far in my short investment journey of like eight years, I, I've not seen a great hype ETF, right? right? Usually after the hype settle down, uh, then you can go in and see got interesting things to pick, not lah. Right, right. Or at least that's a I'm the I'm the cheapo investor, right? Go and find that voucher, thing. Is it? Yeah, the voucher. <laughs> yes. Voucher is the word. Yes, I'm the voucher. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, fair. So so that is essentially inverse, right? It's not that complicated. Or oh, are there more complicated inverse uh ETS? I'm sure there are, lah, but any any touch point on those things? Not really. I think now nowadays you can create an ETF for everything. For everything. I think there are ETFs that track or they are meant to mimic exposure to like hedge fund positioning. Mm. Um, this I know they got they got ETF mimicking Nancy Pelosi one. Yeah. Oh, and then like um, the, the, the short gym and long gym um, <laughs> to follow gym camera recommendations. So, so that's... <laughs> Just short gym. Just SJ, SJM. Yeah, yeah. Whatever gym says, just your side. You're going to see for yourself. Hey, gym but, but long gym has outperformed so short gym. <laughs> has really? long gym outperformed index? No. Ma- market cycle. Okay, no. so, so, okay uh, so. In the last six months the, that they have been okay, established. In the last no. six months. Okay, anyway. don't Just don't care about gym. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair. You want to say something? Oh, oh no, because I saw a video recently on, on TikTok. Some guy, some guy was like comparing all of uh what Jim what Jim said. If you were to short it, like how will you perform? So if you take like the super long term, right? Like from when he first started, actually shorting Jim like outperformed everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Short Jim, right? Okay. It's still the position, right? Right. Okay, fair, fair. So what what about leverage, right? I think leverage is also an interesting one. I, I get all these I sometimes I get these uh, my listeners will come in right, and then they'll say okay how about I long position right so I long the market right but because um, I want to have a bigger long position so I will use a leverage uh, inverse hmm. right and then I was like wow you're getting very cheap uh, these days right so just no, trying to, it's everywhere yeah yeah it's yeah. everywhere it's right so in, in order to have a bigger long position so that I don't lose out because uh, essentially the short position is to hedge the fluctuations right so from there then they think like okay how about we, we leverage on that short Right, then we have more for the long, right? So, so maybe what what is your take? How how do you look at this? How do you look at this? Yeah, I mean, I I, I short leverage ETFs because my growth part of my portfolio is high beta. So instead of shorting, you know, um, one point five times my notional on QQQ, I short QLD. So I short zero point seven times, and and it just all mathematically kind of works out. I think we need to get back to basics, right? So what a leverage ETF is, it's not like I have. So imagine what you is what is essentially one dollar. I have one dollar of cash. I buy two dollars of stock, right? How they create the exposure is through derivatives, and that's why the usual reasoning is leverage ETFs don't hold too long, because as your derivatives kind of roll and you need to roll for your derivatives to to retain that you know two two x that exposure that there's a burn and there's some sort of tracking error. So yes. don't hold too long, right? Yeah, you you won't perfectly track forever. So I think. Technically, that means that okay, lah, if you buy leverage ETFs, your idea is you don't want to hold for too long. Although if you bought the TQQQ for the last 10 years, you would be laughing all the way to the bank and you'll say I'm stupid, right? So, <laughs> so I mean, the, the, the biggest thing of things, the, the tracking error is small compared to what the market has earned outside. Oh, QQQ, yes. Yeah. Someone you 3x QQQ, right? Yeah, you QQQ, it'll be great. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really play too much with leverage ETFs. Most of the time, I would be I trading options. I already play derivatives, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, my options are leveraged enough. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to options. Options are very leveraged. Yeah. I think it's like what Anthony said, because um, for leverage ETFs, like this, the decay, and it's not favorable to me. When I'm doing options, then, then time decays actually on my side. Of course, because you take the time premium, right? That is the game, right? Yeah. Tita gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tita gang. So yeah, those guys are... <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Then, then uh, okay, then on that front, right, I want to ask, so what about those extremely short options? These days, uh, they are everywhere. Like daily options? I, I, oh, actually, right now, um, I'm doing a, a series on, on my side, which is actually um, selling zero-day to expiration options. I'm selling a vertical spread, like every single day <laughs> when I have time to trade. So like I'll, I'll monitor the position and I'm trading on the SPX. So it's a, it's a very simple trade. It's um, I'm selling a 50-wide spread um, the risk to reward ratio is like one is to two, so it's like day trading, but it's just like one position every single day. Yeah, yeah, and it's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> how is it? How is it doing so far? Um, so like right now we're on week six. I'm breaking it up. So like the first month ended up with, okay, so a bit of context, yeah. So I'm risking, the max loss is five thousand dollars, but I've never ever hit reach max loss before because once I hit negative two hundred dollars, I would exit the trade. Mm. Um, otherwise when the trade expires usually I'm, I'm up about 100 to 120 dollars so it's about a 1 to 2 risk to reward ratio but because I'm I'm always getting about 16 to 12 delta out I'm like a, like 70% win rate right now so the first month I ended up with a profit of 600 dollars about there oh it's actually on YouTube you can watch that <laughs> self yeah so i was doing that so now i'm in the middle of of the second month um right now i'm only up 90 dollars because there's some losses as well so i had like a good a good week so like yeah i made 500 have two losses and then now i'm down to just 90 in profit so <laughs> but you've done quite <laughs> a few of these kind of trading cycles right like trading series um this is the never perform very well one this is <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, right? It's like, eh, why Aaron keep losing money, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, But wow. is it true? That's what drives you. Yeah, that's what drives me. It's a journey, right? So, oh no, he's losing, losing, losing. Then, at the end of it, then like, makes it. <laughs> I'm so close to just <laughs> throwing this shit over. So, so uh, I'm in the middle of doing that now. So, it's actually, yeah, zero, zero day to expiration options. But not that I encourage anyone to really be doing that. Because if you, yeah. like, again, if you it's make a content, mistake. Right? It's for content, right? It's for content. Actually, it's for content as it's well. It's for content. Right. So, essentially, he's running capital for content is 600 bucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. 5,000 at risk. Right, right. Okay. But I guess that also is like it's important to to be careful if you're doing anything like zero day to expiration options and derivatives as a whole, because like at the end of the day, the max loss is five thousand dollars. If I go to sleep and I don't close my position, then I have five thousand dollars at risk, which can actually um be realized on the day itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many things can happen. So yeah, okay, okay, fair. Um, in closing, lah, uh, is there any other thing you want to add for ETFs? No, I actually have a friend that, um, so I don't play leverage ETFs, but my friend does. And he does it for two hours every day. 
Okay. And that's so, all he does. So, as in he, he does he it. Buys, he, he, he buys, so he sells, he buys, he sells. Okay, literally like that for two wow. hours every day. Okay. He has a cap. So he don't just trade, he trade a leverage. Yes. He, he plays on oh, the yeah, leverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because yeah. it increases the volatility, right? Yes. Essentially, okay, doubles and up, doubles up. And then with down. that, he, um, he has a cap of how much he needs to make every day. So once he makes that, even if it's less than two hours, he'll close shop and go sleep. So we should get him on the show, lah. Yeah, right. Is you it do. working? Share screen. Yeah, share screen. How is it? Like, if you start at nine thirty, live recording. <laughs> if you want that, put in the comment section. We'll try to get someone to come in and do those things, you know, and have a good time. A very good thing that people can listen to as well is well, compare ETF to like unit trust in Singapore. What What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think fundamentally it's just the difference in where the instrument is traded and sold, right? So I think increasingly you have been getting a lot of mutual funds which have lowered their costs by quite a bit. Recent, recent, yeah, very, very recent, recent um, innovation. So, 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 yeah, due to ETFs competition. competition and all of that. Mm. So, a, a lot of you know the the historical. Oh yeah, mutual fund confirm expensive. Mm. I think you need to look slowly, a bit deeper. Slowly change already. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's slowly changing. And I would say it's not even that slow. It's been already been yeah. happening for quite a few years, right? Yeah. yeah, and and then so so what differs to me is really the sales channel, right? ETF, I go IBKR, I buy sell buy sell whatever. It's all my choice. I can't really just go and buy a mutual fund by logging into. Okay, I think some some some, some somewhere can. you can now. Somewhere some you can. can. Some of the funds very they have soon. Their, <laughs> some of the funds have their own homepage. Yes, you can go there and transact directly. But I yes. think primarily a lot of them are still sold through intermediaries, um, whether yes. that's your yes. banks or your um robos or all of that, right? So where you get exposure to it, I think, and and their sales channel for those things are. Um, a bit different, but fundamentally, you have so many mutual funds that will track SMP. Same thing. So many mutual Same funds that's like MSCI, you know, all will in that, yeah, yeah. right? I think there's a mutual fund right now that has like a zero percent expense ratio for the oh, S and P wow. five hundred. Fidelity, okay, fidelity okay. zero. So they're something, using it as a hook to hook in the customer, something. right? Okay, okay. That's the strat yeah. They bring you in cheap, cheap, right? And after then they flood you with other things. Or, or they might be right. earning somewhere else, right? Like yeah, it, it's yeah. just not necessarily a matter. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Can't remember the exact name, but Fidelity Zero S and P five hundred. You probably find it. Guys, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Interesting. What is your take? What's your take now? Between unit trust and ETFs. Uh, I guess for me, it was always like uh, mutual funds. The fees were always very, very expensive. But for me, I always prefer ETF because you have more control, and it's like the evolution of like investment right it started off like having active only active management like mutual funds it became after that people had like index funds but it was still like a mutual fund like mutual index funds then eventually became etf so to me it just feels like etf is like the latest and greatest thing for okay. investing so far so trendy boy going <laughs> for the trendy product <laughs> right 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 <clears throat> but it's, it's fair as, as some of these things uh, close, you know, in terms of the fees, then he puts into question like, like what, what is that, right? But, but I think yeah. some rebranding needs to be done as well with unit trusts, right? And clearly, unit trust branding very bad, like. Even my auntie can say, "Put okay, my unit trust one, la. Sure, lose money one, yeah. right, right? So even uh, you can hear it from no, but you auntie, can hear like, it from your parents' generation, all of this, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why nobody wants to use the word, but a lot of them are still selling the same units, right? So it's just they just stop using the the word, right? It's uh, it's smelly. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. In closing, if someone is trying to start investing with ETFs, you know, what is your advice for them? Or maybe not advice. What what will you do? <laughs> cannot cannot use advice. Cannot use advice. Yeah. What will you do if today you just start, you know? Uh, yeah. I think it's good to to try it out. But I think firstly they need to be aware of the risks, right? What we've talked about ranged in massive, like the risk is is from 
little bit to quite a bit, right? For example, with indexes, market risk, right down to <laughs> covered call, <laughs> covered call ETFs, right? Um, so I think we need you need to be fully aware of what you're doing. And if uh, like like anything, right? If you don't, if you're not fully aware, you don't know the risks. Don't go into it yet. Learn about it and then slowly go into it. Yeah, like, share, subscribe. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I will subscribe. I'll subscribe. I have one. It's just I too long. I log into my personal email. You know, I've been spending so much time as a company email. You're doing all those stuff, but but yes, if you share this episode and then tell us what's the biggest learning point, then you got a chance to win a mic. Yeah, and if you're very good, then you send me your audio recording. I will recruit you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? Any other things you want to add? Um, I guess if it's ETF, well, I guess if if you complete, if someone's complete, if I was completely new, yeah, if not you for are people, completely new, yes, completely yes. new, not not too sure. But you have all the information that you have today, but you're completely new. <laughs> <laughs> What's the capital? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they didn't have much time to do a lot of research. Not too much time to always be rotating between sectors. Then I'll be looking to the S and P five hundred. Fair. Yeah, I mean, I think it's rough. And I think I kind of echo, you know, right? What's the starting capital? You know, what, what do you want to achieve? And we always go by this question, what do you want to achieve? What do you want? What do you want? But, you know, sometimes the best time to start is yesterday. The second best time is now, right? If you want to grow and compound your wealth over the long term, you can't undo what you did two years ago. What happened? Happen. Yeah, right? you can do it. And so even if you go, okay, you know what? I, I don't know anything. I don't really want to read about it. I don't, but I can stand losing a bit of money. Then they just go and buy a market ETF. Because at the very least, you're putting yourself in with a chance of growing your money uh, rather than putting it in your bank where you are almost confirmed losing it to inflation. Yeah, yeah, fair. And I think my point is to accentuate the point that I think a lot of people, a lot of people are doing this. They will put their money with a service provider and the service provider will charge them 0.5% to do broadly diversified when they can do it on their own. 0.03, right? So maybe you want to consider, you know, exploring this, doing on your own thing. Okay, we'll see you next episode. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Love it. Oh yeah, and follow, follow their channel, TikTok, right? The Weebling, so that you can see whether he actually made money. <laughs> this is important. Yeah, or when he makes money, let us know, okay? Put in the comment section, okay? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your time. Love it.